let me uh, just take this moment now uh, to share just a few words of Torah with you. Um, I want to begin by talking about what I won't be talking about tonight. I'm not going to be talking about COVID-19 and the global pandemic. Not because I'm not thinking about it, in fact, precisely because it seems to be all that I think about, I need a break. I think we all need a break. From social distancing, from news obsessing, from numbers tracking, and just general worrying, we need a break. We can't stop doing any of those things yet, of course, but we can stop talking and thinking about them for just a little bit. Based on what I know, sadly, it will still be there when Shabbos is over. One of the blessings of this forced isolation has been the opportunity, at least for me, to read. Uh, it's a great escape when you can't really physically escape. You can dive into the pages of a good book or a novel. Um, I love to read, and I particularly love to read anthologies. Uh, presently, science fiction is my particular genre of choice, though it moves around from that to histories and other things. But whether it's Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Hunger Games, or a collection of short stories, <clears throat> I love to read books within books, stories that are so sweeping that one volume can't contain them. And that's one of the reasons why I love the Torah, not only for its deep insight and its wisdom, but for its sheer scale, the arc of the story from creation of the world, the first human beings, the first Jewish family, the Jewish people, ultimately a Jewish nation. In the five-part anthology that is the Torah, it's always, in any anthology, it's always that third book, that middle book, that forms the center of the collection and serves in many ways as the literary keystone upon which all the other books and their stories rest. And so it is that Vayikra, the book of Leviticus, which is the third book in the center of the Torah, is that keystone. But at the very center of Vayikra is this week's Torah portion, Parshat Kedoshim. The very, very middle of the Torah, Leviticus 19, if you were to count from one side to the other, you would get right there. And at the very, very middle of this week's Parsha, are the verses of the Holiness Code of this week's Torah portion, where we read, Kiddoshim Tihiyu, you shall be holy. Kiddoshim, holiness is central in more than just this location. It's a pinnacle of the spirit and the morality. It embodies the high watermark of all religious writing in any period. It is the center of the center of the center of things. If we think of Torah like a bullseye, it's the bullseye of the target, the pearl within the clamshell, not kosher, but in an ocean of words and ideas. Now what makes Kedoshim uniquely magnificent is its insistence on what Rabbi Brad Artson refers to as maximal Judaism. A Judaism that demands much, but teaches even more, and that creates a completely new orientation in the hearts of those who try to take it seriously. Kedoshim does not tailor Judaism to fit the personalities or the ideologies of any particular group of Jews. It's not of an era or of a time. Its message truly is timeless and it is eternal. Instead of being limited to the events of the day, as this sermon would be if I spoke about the pandemic, at least a few days, it posits a lofty set of standards that then challenges Jews of every age to rise up to match its high ideals and its exalted holiness and expectations. Kedoshim asks of us, it asks all of us to grow beyond our own comfortable conventions, our own sleepy standards, to confront our evasion of excellence, our distraction with the ordinary and the mundane, and to strive for greatness. 
untethered, unmoored to the reality or past, present, or even future circumstance. There are some Jews for whom Judaism is primarily a set of behaviors. And what matters for them, and I'm generalizing here, but what matters for most of them is whether or not a Jew performs the required behavior, the rituals, in its proper manner. Did you light Shabbat candles right? Are you wearing your talit properly? Is the mezuzah on your door at just the right angle? Are you davening at exactly the right time of day? Such people measure religious Jews by the number of homes that they won't eat in, or by their punticulous performance of ritual deeds. And yet another group of Jews see Judaism exclusively as a form of social and ethical action. Ethics for them is the sum and total of any living Judaism. Marching against injustice, fighting anti-Semitism, fighting for climate change, advocating for Israel, advocating for, for, for the homeless, petitioning their government and, government and writing letters to the editor. This forms the entirety of what it means and what it's important about being Jewish. Now, either of these approaches to Judaism may be right, but neither of them captures the totality of Kedoshim. Both of these philosophies of Judaism, a Judaism is doing the proper rituals, or Judaism as in fighting injustice, contains an important insight. But both of them reflect only a caricature of the fullness of Judaism as it is presented in the Torah, and as explained by the rabbis of the Talmud and of later texts. The Zen Buddhists teach, and I know only a little bit about the Zen Buddhism, but I know this one. The Zen Buddhists teach that the hardest thing to do in life is to carry two equally precious things in your hands at the same time. Now, it may come from the Talmudic principle taught by a rabbi whose name has often been lost in history, but whose name is important, Simcha Bunim, that a person should carry two verses in your pockets every day of your life. And one on one of those verses should be written, or one of those scrolls should be written the verse, For my sake the world was created. And on the other should be written the verse, I am but dust and ashes. So this Zen Buddhist idea of carrying two things of equal value and importance in your hands, it might come from the Talmud. We'll take it. But why is this important? It's because the key to knowing which to hold at any given moment how to balance two equally important things is that they are not separate, but rather they're indivisible. They are connected. They're related to each other. I am but dust and ashes. The world was created solely for me. Those are connected ideas. At the very center of not only the Torah, but of Judaism itself, as this week's Torah portion demonstrates, is the indivisibility of ritual and ethics. Without seeing any difference, the Torah speaks about paying a laborer his wages promptly, and observing Shabbat in this week's Parsha. It speaks about honoring parents and not bowing down to idols. It speaks about the proper mode of sacrifice, and it speaks about leaving food available for the poor. In this purposeful jumble of ritual and ethical injunctions, the Torah offers only a single justification. Kiddoshim tihiyu ki kadosh ani Adonai Elohehim. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. What is the bridge between ritual and ethics? I'm the bridge. You're the bridge. Human beings, in all of our untapped holiness, we are the bridge. Again, as Rabbi Artson teaches, and I'm quoting here, a maximal Jew practices rituals that are rooted in ethics. 
and acts on an ethical system that finds its expression and reinforcement through ritual. Ethical rigor and ritual profundity, that is the Jewish definition of holiness, ethics and ritual. By blending those two strands together, we create a tapestry stronger and more enduring than either individual thread alone. The Holiness Code is the Jewish version of walking the walk and talking the talk. Now our Parsha teaches us that ritual requires ethics to root it in human condition, to force it to express human needs and to channel, channel urges, to serve human growth and to foster insight. And likewise, it also teaches that ethics requires ritual, to lend substance to lofty ideals, to remind on a regular basis us of our ethical commitments already made, and to create a community of shared values and high standards. Ritual without ethics becomes cruel, and ethics without ritual becomes hollow. One of Judaism's central insights is to fuse ritual and ethics into a single blazing light, the commandment, the mitzvah, and then to endow that new composite creation with an even higher calling, which is Kedushim, which is holiness, to reflect the very nature of God. Our standard is no longer tailored to concede our own imperfections or cater to our own self-interest. The two need each other to teach restraint, to teach balance, to teach compassion. And by blending ritual and ethics, we shift the focus from our perspective to God's perspective. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You are not a free agent. You are not an independent operator. And to quote Jake and Elwood Blues from the Blues Brothers, we are on a mission from God. And what does all this have to do with COVID-19? It has nothing to do with COVID-19. And it has everything to do with COVID-19, of course. The virus doesn't distinguish between good Jews and bad Jews, ethical Jews and ritual Jews. It doesn't care if we are ethical or deceitful. It will infect any human host it can find, whether that person lights Shabbos candles or doesn't. Kashrut might protect you a little bit early on. That's the brutality and the injustice of this virus. But as we have learned and as I've observed in my very first sermon about the virus now 10 weeks ago, this is not a test of our faith in God. It's a test of our faith in each other. It's a test of our faith in humanity. How we have acted during this crisis, how we have treated ourselves, those stuck at home with us, our employees, the workers that we depend on, our civil authorities, our helping organizations, our synagogue, that is the test. That is the test of our ability to meet the standard of holiness, to meet the standard of Kadoshim, of being holy like God is holy. At the center of the center of the center of the center of Torah is the Holiness Code, this week's Parsha, which calls us to a higher purpose. At the center of the center of the center of the human being is the soul. And it too is holy. And it too calls us, each of us, commands us to strive for maximal humanity, maximal meaning, maximal presence, to be the very best versions of ourselves, a higher purpose. To be Kedoshim, to be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And each of us were created in God's image. We can be holy too. Nothing in this virus prevents that. Indeed, everything about it and our communal response demands it of us. But of course, in the end, it's wholly up to each one of us. 
Shabbat Shalom.